Hello, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Breaking Down Business Podcast. Welcome to Breaking Down Business, a podcast produced on behalf of the Kent State College of Business Administration by adjunct marketing instructor and CEO of All Good Marketing, Christopher Barnett. In this series, we connect listeners to our experts who share the latest on high-impact research and best practices in business. We bring relevant and timely business topics to you every other week. This is Breaking Down Business with your host, Chris Barnett. Mark Whitmore, Assistant Professor in the Department of Management and Information Systems at the Kent State College of Business Administration, teaches leadership and professional development courses in the college's online and executive MBA programs. In this podcast, Whitmore overviews the college's assessment tool that helps students learn about their leadership style and hone their skills in a simulated business environment. Listen through till the end of this episode to learn about the Workplace Big Five Profile Assessment and how studying personality traits can help guide leadership development. Now let's get to the interview. Mark Whitmore has an extensive background in leadership development, succession planning, and coaching. Before joining Kent State in 2013, Mark had 20 years of experience in leadership development and assessment centers in government and the financial services industry. He's received national recognition for his coaching expertise and leadership development programs. He's a published author in both the areas of leadership development and assessment centers and has managed every area of human resources. Mark, we're really excited to have you on today's episode of Breaking Down Business. Hi, Chris. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. I've really enjoyed talking to you as we prepared for this podcast, and I, I'm excited for our audience to learn more. To get started, can you tell us about your professional background? Sure. Um, I'm a uh, industrial organizational psychologist. I got my PhD from Ohio State University, and I went right into industry and eventually became the director of leadership development at uh, a big Fortune 100 company, and then moved to another smaller company, but uh, became the head of their leadership development and training development area. So I have a lot of really practical experience working directly with people, helping them become successful leaders within their organizations, as well as developing the programs and the systems to support the growth and development of employees. Now you are helping students build their leadership skills. How did you move to academia? Well, you know, I uh, I work for some time with people in companies and mostly uh, in many companies, these are people who are in their middle management level and about that time they're interested in going into a leadership role and they want to develop for it, uh, which has been great. You know, I enjoy working with that population, but I kind of thought it would be a lot of fun to work with people who are younger in their career, just starting out. Uh, really have no experience and sort of are a blank slate, if you will, when it comes to leadership development. And I thought, wow, it'd be really fun to use some of the techniques and methods that we use in industry, but apply them in academia. And I've been having a great time. And I think my students really like it too. So there's a good match there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you weren't wrong. 
Now, what classes are you teaching and what is the makeup of the student body that attend your classes? Well, I teach both undergraduate and graduate level students. The undergraduate students tend to be more senior juniors and seniors and primarily in the areas of leadership and human resources. And then our graduate students, I spend a lot of time with our MBA and our EMBA programs. What is the purpose of the professional development course? Yeah, it's a component that we use that really helps focus on the issues of leadership because it's not enough these days just to get an MBA, just to get the degree. You really need to develop yourself as a leader. And most of our graduates are going into leadership roles. And our view is that why wait until you're at a company? Why not get started now in terms of developing your leadership capabilities? Because that'll give you a competitive edge. So for that reason, we created uh, this professional development program that sits within uh, these uh, in terms of a course, but it sits within these three programs, the MBA, the online MBA, and the EMBA program. So then you have students that have this potential to be leaders in these big organizations. How does this assessment work? Well, actually, uh, and just a a little correction, Chris, because we also have a lot of people who are entrepreneurs, have their own businesses, or they're working for small businesses, and it works just as well uh, for them as it does for somebody entering into a large company. So one of the things that we do is that they go through a very comprehensive assessment, a leadership assessment. It varies slightly from program to program. Probably the most in-depth analysis is through the EMBA program because we actually partner um, a personality instrument called the Workplace Big Five Profile Assessment with an actual behavioral simulation that lasts for a whole day. So they learn a lot about themselves through the assessment, and then they get an opportunity to practice what they've learned in this actual live simulation where they're actually interacting with people and they're getting feedback and things like that. It's a a very intensive program, but coming out of that, you get a lot of information about yourself and your leadership capabilities, and in many cases, reinforcing strengths that you already have. So it's not all about finding problems with people. A lot of times, it's helping them identify and get a more realistic viewpoint of the strengths that they have that they can use and make them really assets for themselves when they're uh, working. So I'm curious about the simulation. What type of activities are happening? And you and I have both been in corporate. We've been through a lot of non-simulation situations where our leadership was tested. I'm curious to see those components that were selected for this simulation. We put them in real life leadership situations, which could be doing role plays with an actual professional actor who does this as a full-time job, and they're role-playing problem employees or issues with peers. And and through this process, people are learning about their conflict resolution skills and their negotiation abilities. It's very uh, realistic. That's a really unique program. In fact, as far as I know, we're the only EMBA program in the state of Ohio that uses this behavioral simulation. And we use it in conjunction with the personality assessment 
so that they learn a lot about themselves in terms of their personality, but they also learn a lot about themselves in terms of their behavior. And then you can actually tie the relationship of personality to behavior. And that gives people a lot of insight. And then coming out of it, these people will put together a development plan that focuses on what can they develop while they're in the program, and then later looking at what they can develop uh, after they graduate. While they're doing all of this, the other students observing them and everybody gets trained on how to uh, observe and also how to give and receive feedback. So they're also practicing those skills as well. So it's a very rich environment for development. Because of the kind of compressed time to get a degree, you need to start thinking almost right away. We try to give them as much information about themselves and help them explore and try to understand what types of strengths they have that will really lend themselves well for different types of jobs, but also focus on what are their interests. So it's not enough just to be, say, good at something, but you also want to make sure it's something that you enjoy. And we really focus a lot on the enjoyment side of work because so many people spend a majority of their time working. What a great way to start a program like this beginning with self-discovery and understanding who you are, what your strengths are, and what you can aspire to be. Yeah, I mean, this is no exaggeration. You know, we get comments like, this was life-changing. We're such busy people. Everyone is so busy. We're all focused on many different things and many different people, and and we don't really focus on ourselves very much. And this really gives everybody an opportunity to spend some time just focusing on themselves and thinking through some of the issues that they need to deal with in order to make sure that they have a happy and successful future career. Now, you mentioned that you were using the Workplace Big Five assessment. Yeah. We've heard of all these other different type of assessments. What makes this one different? Well, we use this. It's uh, the actual full title. It's Workplace Big Five Assessments by Paradigm Personalities Lab, but it's based on a well-established theory of personality. It's actually not even a theory. It's just based on statistics that uncovered five basic personality traits that underlie all personality assessment and are pretty much universal. They are need for stability, extroversion, originality, accommodation, and consolidation. The reason we use it is because it's the most well-researched of all of the personality assessments out there. And uh, the assessment was developed in the mid-80s. Since the mid-80s, there have been thousands of studies done. I'm not exaggerating, literally thousands of studies done using this assessment, validating it, making sure that it is really an accurate assessment of people. And on top of that, we, it, it's the only personality assessment I know of. It has an ongoing longitudinal study, which now I think is about 35 years uh, that they've been repeatedly assessing people and finding out, are there any changes to personality over time and so on. We just uh, That's fascinating. That is really fascinating. Yeah. So we felt, you know, as a university, we need to use assessment instruments that are very well grounded in science. And so this is why we chose the workplace big five assessment now it's called workplace because this particular version was adapted to be used in the work environment i mean the other thing i think is really neat neat and unique about us is that um, these personality 
dimensions also predict leadership competencies. And this is because of these thousands of studies done looking at uh, personality and all kinds of competencies. Not only does it represent uh, important leadership competencies, but it also represents the types of things that students can do to help develop themselves as leaders while they're still in the program, while they're still at Kent State. What are the super traits of the workplace Big Five assessment and their importance in the workplace? The super traits, there are five of them, and they are need for stability, extroversion, originality, accommodation, and consolidation. The first one is the need for stability, which is really looking at how emotionally stable you are, but more of how you also react to stress. So people who are react to stress either in a very excitable way, or they may react to stress in a more resilient, calm way, neither of which are right or wrong. It's just how you are. But again, this is probably something that'd be very helpful to know about yourself. Because if you understand what gets you anxious, you can control for that, you know? So that provides them opportunity to develop coping mechanisms. Yeah. One of the things that I use, I, a term I use a lot is that by having self-awareness, you develop some cues or clues. Uh, I guess cues is the right term. That kind of tells you in advance, gee, am I going to react in a very emotional or excited way or not? And generally speaking, there are cues uh, that the body gives us that can tell us whether or not we are going to be maybe inappropriately emotional in a situation. And by understanding what those cues are, you can help to think about, well, do I really want to do this or not? So there's a lot of richness in this particular dimension. So we look at that. The other dimension we look at is extroversion. That's probably the most well-known of all personality dimensions, but it's also probably the least understood because people just associate extroversion with sociability, but it's a lot more than that. Uh, It's a continuum. So it's not a question of whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, but where are you on this uh, dimension of extroversion? It's important too, because there are some leadership sub-traits that relate to extroversion, including a really important one, which is the extent to which you like to be out in front of others. So that helps understand, you know, whether it's something you like or you don't like. One thing I just want to mention, by the way, is that we're looking at personality, but not behavior. So behavior is a matter of free will. And just because your personality says, maybe I don't like to be out in front of others, doesn't mean you can't do that. It just means that that's not your natural thing to do. But you could recognize that's really important. Or maybe you're in a situation where they really need somebody to be a leader. And, you know, any individual could sort of step up to the plate and say, okay, I want to do something about that. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, that personality is different than behavior. And that's something we forget. Yeah. And good for your students um, in this program to understand that and separate the two so that they're able to act intentionally. Yeah. In fact, we when we do the EMBA, they go through this personality assessment first, and we tell them all about, you know, personality is not behavior, behavior is free will. Uh, So just because maybe you came out more introverted doesn't mean that you can't be a really effective leader. And then we put them in this behavioral simulation, which is all about behavior. And knowing that, they can start practicing other behaviors. And then they get feedback in terms of, did you do it well? And what did you do well? What could you do better? 
a lot of people are really surprised that they actually do it pretty well. I'd say there's more of the the surprise is more around that than a surprise, oh, I didn't do this well at all. So it's a very much a learning experience for people. So the next one's originality. So this is a really in- interesting personality dimension. It's unique from the others in the sense that I mentioned that longitudinal study. It's the only personality dimension they find that actually changes over time. And people wow. tend to become less open to new ideas as they age. Um, which is not to say that's everyone, but that's sort of just the general trend. Originality is all about, it's again, it's on a dimension. The high side of it are very creative people, very innovative. They love new ideas. They quickly embrace change. If you're lower in originality, you're what we would call a preserver. You're more skeptical of new things. You like to, you know, you're un- you don't want to necessarily give up something that you've done in the past uh, because of something new that's come out. But these people are also more practical minded. So, okay. and this really brings out a really important aspect of personality in that uh, it's not about having the right profile. There's no such thing as the right profile. It's more of an issue of, do I have the personality uh, makeup that fits with the type of job that I want to do? And then understanding if I don't, then it just means I'm going to have to behave differently and there'll be some more effort on my part to do that. And the other aspect of this is uh, the point of diversity. The diversity is really important, especially from a personality standpoint. So I often make the uh, case with uh, my students that you wouldn't want a team of people who are all very high in originality because these people would constantly be coming up with all kinds of new and creative things, but nobody would be (laughs) implementing any of it, you know? So you need to have some of these preservers who are also going to be kind of the break, if you will, in terms of all this wild brainstorming because the preservers are going to start challenging you a little bit and asking gee, does this really make sense? Why should we give up something that we've done well in the past to try something new? You need somebody to rein it back in a little bit. Yeah, (laughs) and you need that kind of tension within a group. The next one's accommodation, and this is how the extent to which you get along with other people, how agreeable you are, uh, the extent to which you put other people's needs in front of your own. It's a very important dimension looking at team development and team building and just, again, understanding what the individual differences are with people uh, who will be working together. And this actually it brings up another point of why we use this uh, assessment in our MBA programs, because there's a lot of group work that's done, uh, the individual differences of people within the teams that you're working with we think really helps make a much more effective and a much more enjoyable experience for our students. And then the last one's consolidation. So this dimension measures how organized you are, planful, drive, the extent to which you really focus on quality and mastery. Uh, This is the one that gets everyone nervous, right? (laughs) Yeah, in a way, because it's the one that is most closely correlated with performance and leadership. And primarily because right. these are all things that companies want. They want people who are organized and planful and have focus on quality. And there's you know a lot of drive or need for achievement. So uh, most people who are in a work environment, they're going to face certain organizational constraints such that are going to encourage this type of behavior. So what this helps people do is to sort of understand 
the extent to which this is all natural to you or whether it's something you have to work on. So I often give an example, for example, of organization that some people are just naturally organized and others of us, including myself, we had to actually develop skills to make ourselves organized. And But this is important because if you know that this is a, an issue, you can actually develop yourself uh, formally in order to address, for example, in this case, organization. And it's kind of interesting. They've done studies of this, and sometimes they find that people who make a conscious effort to develop in these areas actually do it better than people where it just comes naturally. Right. Absolutely. And I would imagine that those people would also be better coaches to others. Yes, I think so. I think uh, particularly if you've gone through experiences yourself where you've had to really focus on developing certain skill sets that you know are really important. Uh, you've learned that. And having learned that yourself, you're maybe in a better position to help coach and train other people on how to do that. Yeah. So those are the five, kind of a brief discussion of the five major factors. And uh, we'd have to have a three-hour uh, conversation <laughs> to get into all the sub-traits. Well, I would love to do that one-on-one. It sounds so valuable and so worthwhile. I I wish that there were more uh, courses that were offering this kind of training or even just an individual course. I know I could benefit from it personally. Yeah. So now what will the students achieve by by the conclusion of the professional development course? Well, our, our most immediate uh, outcome is we want them to have a development plan in place. And we work with them on helping them put together the development actions. The whole idea about this is that it doesn't just end with the end of the course, but it continues on throughout the entire program. One of the nice things about these programs at Kent State is that they're very focused on their alumni. And so we have a lot of alumni get-togethers. In fact, we have one coming up next week. I try to go to all of these, so I usually hear a lot from students, you know, in terms of what they're doing. And and occasionally students will come up to me and tell me, hey, this really helped me, you know. It's clear to see how valuable this is. How can audience members learn more about this program and these advanced degrees? Well, we have a really excellent website, and they can go to um, kentstate.edu and look at the MBA programs. And there's a lot that's written about uh, all three programs, including the different types of courses and experiences, a lot of information there. And there's contact information on our websites in terms of actually speaking with individuals. And I could just speak for everybody involved in these programs. We're always very happy to talk to potential, you know, students who would like to get into one of these really exciting programs. My email would be mwhitmo4 at kent.edu, mwhitmo4 at kent.edu. And I'm happy to answer any questions that anybody would have. Well, this was a wonderful discussion, and I could see just how this would really help anybody who is wants to advance themselves in business. Uh, Dr. Whitmore, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's absolutely been my pleasure. And I look forward to seeing you in the halls at Kent State University's College of Business Administration. You bet, Chris. Take care. Take care. Thanks to Mark Whitmore for sharing about this very insightful assessment tool and the opportunities available for MBA students at Kent State to grow as leaders. To learn more about graduate degrees in business, 
visit kent.edu forward slash business forward slash masters. Thank you for joining us for Breaking Down Business, brought to you by the Kent State College of Business Administration, offering 10 undergraduate majors, online and in-person MBA programs, and a comprehensive PhD program. Learn more about the many ways to pursue a business education at Kent State at kent.edu forward slash business.